Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This is Here's a Crazy Story from The Overtake. It's a podcast where we tell crazy and true stories. I'm Abigail Fenton. Yep, moving on. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) the only one who matters. I'm Robin Vinter. Uh, Ethan Schoen, over here. Yeah. Do we need to do the full names? No, surely not. No. Surely not. They don't, I mean, it doesn't mean anything anyway do you guys want to tell some stories <laughs> yeah um what's what's yours like mine is a bit of a mystery um i think i think like most people will have heard loosely of it but um, I'm hoping that it's not. I'm not just telling people things that they already know. Neither of you better have downers because it's too late on a no, Friday evening. Mine's fine, honestly. Mine's, no, mine's, mine's not. Mine's, cool. I would say mine is extremely light. Not extremely lighthearted. Um, if there's a scale and it has five points and five is extremely lighthearted, I reckon it's a four. Okay. okay. So it's good. It's pretty, pretty damn lighthearted. Then. So, do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, I think... I, I might be wrong, but I feel like I've been first party a few times recently, so you can oh, go first. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, I felt like... Yeah, okay, yeah, this works. Okay. I'm not <laughs> sure that's true, but I don't care enough to argue. Uh, go that's on. Why I, that's why I prefix it with feel like. If you say, yeah. I feel like this is true, say whatever then you you just got, you've got an out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes like it depends what mood I'm in. Sometimes like, I like it when you go first, so I can like chill for a bit. <laughs> and then sometimes I like to get mine over with, and then chill. Yeah. So, in either scenario, you're not not particularly keen to do your story. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, I like you know, you know, avoid chilling. it for as long as no, possible. Your stories are just so I like good. Or just though. get it done <laughs> and just like out of the way. Um, all right, fine. I'll do it if you find it. Okay. 
So this is a story of... all about how. Sorry. Every time it comes to my head, yeah. Um, the French furniture fraudster. Sounds exciting. Yeah, alliteration is always a plus. Yes. Uh, so, um, the story starts with this guy called Bill G B Pallet, but he's French, so I guess it's Palo. Mm. How is the middle in it? Is it literally the letters G B or oh, like, G and B? Yeah. Oh, I like, I'll be like Gerard. I thought it was like as in heebie jeebie. I was gonna ask how his last name spelt, so we've basically just asked for the spelling of his entire name. Yeah. yeah. So Bill, B I double L. Got that. A G, then a B, and then Palette. P A double L O T. But I think oh. I'm going to pronounce it Pallo. Yeah, yeah. Pallo. But for this, sorry, I'm just going to call him Bill. Because if it was with an E-T, reasonable. I yeah. would have thought like Palais or something, but Palo makes sense. Yeah, Palo. Anyway, he is the world's leading expert in antique French furniture. Um, he literally wrote the book on it. So that's I wish you had a soundboard. I feel like there are probably a few books on that as well. Yeah. Again, feel like, so don't have to fact check it. Yeah, I like it, yeah. Um, so he was, he was a lecturer at the Sorbonne University and is something called, right, he's an officier of the uh, Ordre, le, no, Ordre de Arts et de Lettres Chevalier, uh, which I think is like a French... Knighthood of Is it like Horse? No. 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 Is and he even sold furniture to the Palace of Versailles. Ooh. So, like, he was, yeah, he's good. But the chairs are, like, amazing. So they're made for um, French royal palaces between um, 1680 and 1790, which is, like, I guess, a, a good kingly era yeah. in France. Yeah, um, <laughs> Some people call them the high point of Western culture, which is... I think ambitious. Yeah, ambitious. Yeah, lots to draw from. Mm. Although, maybe like those chairs are one of the only things that is actually purely Western, not just like appropriated from nowhere else and stolen. True. So maybe in that sense they are the height. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there's this guy, this designer Patrick uh, Ocard, who said um, the the era was the the period when furniture became art for the first time. And this other guy, Leon Dalver, um, who is a prominent New York art dealer um, in French antiques, says that they are the finest expression on earth of natural materials and man-made artistry. So that's just I'm just setting the scene. Yeah, what yeah. these what these chairs and stuff look mm-hmm. like. Uh, so they're often like gold leaf and they have really detailed carvings um, with like silk and like I'm gonna say embroidered soft bits, but then I like, soft bits. <laughs> what do you call that? What do you call the soft furniture? <laughs> you either say flange. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, I appreciate. Why would you have been about to say that? I appreciate that you swung because yeah. had that been a hit, that would have been Impressive. fucking genius. It's yeah, not, it's not as mental as it sounds because you know a cushion 
And you know, sometimes it's got like a fringe on the outside. That's called a flange. Really? Yeah. So Fucking I, fair yeah, play I just then. thought we were on no. the same level. Yeah, yeah. Why have you got so much niche cushion knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if I just called the bit of the chair the soft bit. <laughs> like, which so soft know. bit are we referring to? Uh, like all the soft bits of it. You know, like the like the, the seat. Yeah, the seat and the back bit. It's got a back bit as well that's soft. And yeah, so imagine side like panels and stuff. That's yeah. So yeah. we're talking the panels that, yeah. that are like the fabric. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. You see, it's hard. It is hard, yeah, it's soft bit. <laughs> yeah, so um, basically the chairs are worth loads and there are a lot of copies out there, which is why you can earn really good money being a dealer if you know what you're doing. Um, so, and this could is you, like... Could we just cut that bit, just the last bit of it? Like, yeah. Robin Vincent says, you can earn a lot of money if you're a dealer <laughs> and you know what you're doing. We could blow up my face and put the quotes on it and like sell some shit. Um, uh, anyway, so um, yeah, so this Bill guy is like the top guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's and he's super popular. He's he's like invited to all these parties, and he's just basically like kind of a socialite guy. He's seen out with like different girlfriends all the time. He's like a celebrity of, nice. of this world. So he's Chess. just like the top guy in the world. <laughs> um, we love that. Chair celebrity. Just the top guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> not even of, yeah. of chairs, yeah, just yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, his knowledge on the chairs had elevated him to the status of top guy. Of peak guy. Overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such was his chair knowledge. Most mm. quality man on earth. Well, you know, and they're like, oh, the president. Not a tough category, just... to be fair. The only yeah. guy. Who is the most quality man on earth? Don't Ooh. say you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well done for spotting the instinct. Yeah. Um, uh, but the oh, best man on a... Terry Crews. Terry Crews is, yeah, he's, he's got to be up there. there. In almost every way, because he's like an exemplar. Like, even in just, just in, in aesthetically, yeah. like, yeah. he's he's, he's, he's like, absolutely an exemplar. Like, um, but then also, he's just, he's just such like a, a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. I love, one of my favourite recent phenomenons is um, celebrities who hate Trump on Twitter and like act like normal people when they tweet about him like they you know like normally celebrities are like their tweets are like oh yeah. can I see my show or you know they're like carefully like crafted things and then when it comes to Trump they're just they're just like who is this fucking guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's so many of them I discovered a new one the other day it was uh, John Leguizamo who like um he does what's he been in he's been in oh, just look that can be on the list of Things. Oh, sorry. Who? John Leguizamo. That's that. Um, yeah, like, yeah. What are you even saying, John? John. J O. <laughs> um, and then Leguizamo, which is spelled L E G U I Z A. Got it. It's fine. <laughs> um, if you've just tuned in, welcome to the spelling cast. Oh, <laughs> he's in. He's in Chef, um, which is one of my favourite. Have you seen Chef? <gasps> Oh, it's on Netflix. You go watch it. It's not that, like John Favreau. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Honestly, like you'll, you'll a be so happy. Of, piece of trivia here. I'm dying yeah. a share, but I'm not Please. until the end. Oh, oh. Um Yeah. So he's he's one like he because I don't know like I guess he's like one of those like like look after Mexicans. Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, yeah. is bad in the in a similar vein. Hmm. Um, Chris Evans. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, not Ginger. The no, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Evans, Captain America. Like, 
he's over, like in terms of what he's actually saying like I agree with him largely mm. but he, he comes across like a very pretentious like mm. um, I don't know it's I hard feel to like he thinks words, but, being Captain America gives him more authority than it does. It yeah, is. he thinks he yeah, actually is Captain America. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in Chris <laughs> yeah. head, he's like, he never really puts down the he shield, he's does he? the yeah. top guy in the world. He's <laughs> 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 not even the top guy in the universe. Um, yeah, there's a few really good ones. Send, if you listen to this, um, send yeah. in your suggestions of your favourite favorite. Twitter anti-Trump yeah, celebrities well, on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's how I got um, that guy from The Good Wife who follows me because I tweeted about from The Good Wife. I really need to watch it. So good. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, very like, good. The first, like, it's fine for a while and then it gets really good. Okay. If you liked Desperate Housewives, you will enjoy it. I, I mean, I didn't. Good. I didn't. <laughs> I, am, I am a heterosexual man. <laughs> yeah. Not that they're um, really like in any way similar. Just no. you'll enjoy. That's what well, I thought yeah, was fucking get it, brilliant. I'll, yeah, that, I'll die on that hill. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, so yeah, Will from the Good Wife follows me now. Well, I haven't checked for a while, so maybe he's done with my shit and he's he's off. off I don't know, but um, and that, that that's how I got him. See those like that's why I need to be verified to so be just like picking it up those like one off celeb follower. Yeah, it makes a difference. <sighs> like you get so much out of being verified. <sighs> but there's close verification, aren't they? So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's really nice. Fucking but you can start you can build <laughs> in your followers, doing you do you Twitter thing. Become a journalist <laughs> you're gonna cause fucking yeah. Twitter verification. I'll, I'll ask around and see if anyone knows if you can still They'll be open like, again at some I'm gonna, point. For the sake of not seeming like an, a massive egotist, like I'm gonna be like, oh, you don't have to ask, but actually do ask everyone who might be able Second to do something. Day. Okay, about yeah, it. well, um, okay, yeah, well, um, I <laughs> I used to say before I was verified, I used to be like, oh, what? Is, oh, it's so lame, being verified. No, it's not. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Why would anyone even say un- that? We'd be totally insufferable thought, if I we mean, get verified. Like, I didn't know what it was like to be verified, so I, I was like, oh my god, imagine having like a verified account. That is like ridiculous. And then I got verified, and I was like, okay, was it like someone just like flipped shit. like a HD switch honestly, on the world? Yeah, yeah. honestly. So I talked about I talked about how popular he was and his socialite and all that. Yeah. Greatest man in the world. Yeah, great. Oh yeah, that's where we got to. Perfect. Oh, so at this point, it's a good time to bring in his protege, um, Charles Ehrman. Um, what are you? I just think he sounds. Oh yeah. <laughs> like it, it was just Directive. like an exhale that name. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't even Charles Ehrman. Okay. Um, yeah, I did it in the voice of the, <laughs> yeah. the woman from. Um, uh, what's it called? Duolingo. Oh, okay. Because that's how I was learning French off, off of Duolingo. She speaks really softly, but she's so, like, her personality is so aggressive. Like, I could mm. be dying and the Duolingo owl would, like, would come up to me and they'd be like, not fucking yet, you've still got French to learn, you'll die when I let you. Yeah, you're getting alerts all the time, like, why are you not doing Welsh? And I'm like, it's hard, Although I learned quite a lot of Welsh, so. Like means. In Welsh, I know what it means in Danish. No. That's not what you asked. No, I don't know what, know what it means. <laughs> I know a different thing. <laughs> um, hill. Oh, I suppose yeah. I watched Gavin and Stacey when I just that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, right. So, uh, yeah. So let's. Uh, I'll try and rattle through this real quick. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charles Ehrman. Um, oh no, Charles. Charles. Um, no nice. idea what nice. you're saying. Charles. Charles 
Hamen. Uh, uh, he, so he's he's obviously a much younger guy, but he's like the opposite of Bill. So he's like bottom lad. Yeah, he's the yeah. worst man in the world. <laughs> yeah, um, it, he's unpopular. He's not really likable. People find him too much. You're alerting Ethan. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I was a little bit, and then she was like, "People find him too much," and I was like, "Was this me? Are you talking about? Are we, are we thought you were talking about me Ethan? in the sure. interview." <laughs> Like if I read his name through Google Translate and then played yeah. it out loud, yeah. like that's how it would be pronounced. Um, so yeah, they yeah they don't trust this this new upstart whipper whippersnapper. So he so this guy he, um Shad when he was young he didn't know what to do with his life um, until he took one of um, Bill's courses at uni um, in decorative arts at Sorbonne University. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Um, so he's like born into a rich family, and he's just like, I need to do Better something. Was, yeah, and, I'll yeah. study fucking chairs. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but he just he fucking loved it. Um, but he could he couldn't hold down a job in a gallery like after he left because um, he got everyone's nerves. And <laughs> they, oh, imagine being too obnoxious for gallery people. I know. Fuck. But, mm. Yeah, they found. Well, I think what it was was like they they found him too aggressive. <laughs> so I think he was just like you know one of those guys who's like intense, and they're all very like proper, and you know mm. especially like French proper, which is a whole different type of proper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so he um, started his own company when he was 25, which is like, what were you doing when you were 25? Well, you, is it, it's this, um, the, yeah, and this, you which are not I'll let you know. Damn you, no. And what was I doing when I was 25? Uh, uh, London, Um, yeah. That could mean anything. That could mean you were like working successfully, or you were like desperately pitching the fucking. I don't know what. Uh, What was I doing? I was making the front page of Reddit, and that's what I did in that job. Anyway, Um, was that as a figure of hate after you? No, that was a different. The entire Pokemon Go community. Oh, I I don't think I made the front page of Reddit that time, but I was definitely all over Fortune. Last place you want to be. Yeah, yeah people like sending me links to it, being like, "Have you seen this?" I'd be like, "Yes, I fucking see." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why? Yeah. Anyway, um, so this guy Charles, he specialises in finding originals that people thought were fakes. So um, you can make loads of money that way, basically. So, mm. like in 2012, for example, he paid um, sixteen thousand two hundred fifty dollars at auction for a chair that he then sold the following year for. Seven hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollars. So he made like a like a book at least six hundred percent return on his original investment. No, I don't know what. I Did you just make that up? Please don't yeah, make exactly. me do that. Because actually, it's much much more than that. Because six hundred percent is six times sixteen, not whatever. I just anyway. So like it was a lot. More. Maybe it was a sixty percent. I I I can't do this. Ugh, if you give me the figures, I'll do the fucking math. Well, the calculator, um, I'll do the math. I've not done math six, since I was 16 and I'm not about to. And, the, and he sold it for 788000 <laughs> Uh Yeah, it's a pretty good game. Anyway, he said, he, he said, he said, quote, 
I could tell from the carving that it was it was the identical twin of the only known piece in, in a particularly beautiful set of chairs built for Madame de Pompadour, one of Louis XV's mm. favourite mistresses. I see some quite quick Roman numerals then. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I think it's right there. Louis Cowns. I don't know what it would be. 15? 14? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Oh, that's, that's, that's like what it's saying. Brands. French, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have to be like, in my head. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah. So he went through like old inventories of the original royal furniture orders and he was able to piece together the chair's history. Um, so it started in the assembly hall of Chateau de Cressy um, and then it went to the Duke of uh, Pontierre. Um, oh, it's probably more like Pontierre. Yeah, that, that, was, that was good. Yeah, that one felt right. Yeah. Uh, to the castle of Nui. Um, to eventually a, a heart surgeon in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to say that with the accent too. I don't know what, the, what I mean. Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be specifically Memphis. Tennessee's fine. Okay, thanks. Yeah, Not going to like the it down to like, yes. yeah, <laughs> like a huge <laughs> dialect. The dialect, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, who this guy, this heart surgeon guy, had no idea what it was basically, um, and neither did Christie's, um, which was listing it mistakenly as part of a rather humble six-piece salon suite from the nineteenth century. So, yeah. Anyway, made a lot of money off that. Dropped a bullet there, didn't they? they did, yeah, Christie's. they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, Charles is going through um, an auction room one day before a sale because I think they let him in and have a look around and like pick up the furniture and dick around a bit. Did <laughs> <laughs> you do a gesture? So, I yeah. can only compare to like a like a ball fundamental. <laughs> like, like which bit of the chair do, do you test that with? It was soft, like very soft bits, <laughs> presumably. <laughs> yeah. It was very turn your head and cough. Like, yeah, well, even before what... you said dick around which made it weird <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because he got some kind of underlying issues with chairs that I didn't know I had um, yeah so he's going through this auction room um, which is what he does to work out how much stuff is worth um, it took him less than an hour to go around it sounds like it's partly because the other people were avoiding him um, yeah <laughs> and then at the end uh, basically he was certain that two of the lots um, classified as 18th century um, were fakes uh, which is interesting um, so his issue was with the first one was the shapes of the wormholes on the bottom of the seat I don't really know what that is should have looked it up but yeah I guess is it, it like, like woodwork like the swirl of um, like the, the thing of the wood maybe like the natural oh, maybe. I don't know I think it's probably woodworm and he found the shapes of the woodworm holes weird yeah. Um yeah, with the second lot it was the calligraphy on the chairmaker's label and he reckoned he'd seen it on a fake somewhere else. Um and it was a guy who who was doing for, forgeries forty years ago and then he's like suddenly mm-hmm. they're like back on the market, that's a bit weird. Um so he told the auction house director and he was like escorted out because this they obviously like just fucking hate him. <laughs> um, and afterwards they rang him a few times and at first it was like they wanted to argue with him and they were like no, like it's a real one. We know it's a real one. And then after a while, they were like, mm, "Actually, you might have a point. We're going to take one of the lots off, and we, but we're going to leave the other on because it was quite hard to say no to the seller. This 
particular seller. That doesn't seem like a good reason. <laughs> no, no. So a few years later, he saw another one that was suspicious. Um, that that this Palace of Versailles had bought for one point nine million dollars. Anyone who deserves, anyone who fucking buys a chair for one point nine million dollars deserves to be ripped off. Ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely obscene. Yeah. So it was. Oh, so this one was um, a pair of chairs. That they had been reupholstered and regilded, but um, that's apparently fine and acceptable, and it doesn't cause them to lose value. It's just like part of the restoration process. This is a bit like what's that sketch where he's like had the same broom for twenty oh, years yeah. and he's, he's changed the 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 bristles and he's yeah, changed that handle. handle. And he's it's changed just a everything. different it's broom. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, at what point does that chair just stop being you know yeah. original? He's just yeah. done shit to it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, um, a client of his had apparently seen them a few years back and been offered them for uh, like a quarter of a million dollars. So this guy was like totally gutted that they sold for 1.9 million and he didn't buy them. Um, but, what? so what was weird about the, these chairs is um, there's these two chairs, but when you actually do the maths, there were too many chairs. So he knew from the original transaction that a set of 12 identical chairs had been delivered, like back in the day to Louis XV or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the museum had already had six chairs. A collector in Switzerland had bought two. Um, Charles thought he saw um, a single chair at this guy's this French collector's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this. Oh, and then there's four chairs Versailles acquired in 2009. That's it. It adds up to like Too many at fucking least chairs. 13. There's only supposed to be 12, and there's already yeah. at least 13. So um, when he looked at pictures, he he like swore the detail looked like it was carved by this restoring guy that he used. Like they have like some like tells. Basically. Yeah. Like this guy was the best. Like all the best people used him. Um, he the guy would actually always boast that he made fakes that were on the market. Um, like as real friends, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a just genius way to put yourself out of business. Like, well, he, everyone just thought it was a marketing tactic. Like everyone thought that he was saying that he was so good that like they yeah. restoring this furniture that he'd made fakes, and everyone was like, oh, okay, whatever. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I made these fakes. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, this guy Charles started asking around a lot. Um, and a lot of people had stories about things not feeling right, furniture they bought that they weren't that sure about and stuff like that. Um, and over the next year, he discovered three more forgeries. Um, so about one of them, he said, quote, the label was torn unconvincingly, sort of shaggy, where it should have been disintegrated and detached from the humidity. Also, there were no tan lines underneath the miss- missing portions, end quote. Basically, the wood should have been more discoloured than it was. Um, this chair fuck guy really knows what he's on about. Mm, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Mm, yeah, he might snap. be a prick, but he knows his yeah. chair. Yeah. Shag's chairs, but he knows them. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also said, quote, And when I uh, magnified the places where the two pieces of wood met the net meet perpendicular, the junctions looked perfect, not a millimetre between them. But the wood would have retracted over 200 years. There's supposed to be a measure of air. Mm, no flies on him, is there? No. Um, and, uh, and what was what was another thing that was that was interesting was like, um, this furniture restorer used to use um, licorice water to like paint the chair. So it was like licorice, but he turned it into, like he made it, mixed it with water. 
and you paint the chairs to give give like the kind of like kind of old and kind of sticky effect. Okay, yeah, really yeah. The old stuff has. Um, and this, and I, quote, I found this quote from from Charles, and it's my favorite quote ever. Quote. I licked the chair and voila, I could taste the fraud. I think in Britain we would really rate him, but yeah. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's too much. Like, he's not on it's, The voila really yeah. sounds it. I could taste the fraud. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with a flourish. Yeah. yeah, so he's like, more and more of these lots are coming up all the time. And he's being like a total detective. Um, he's contacting the au- auctioneers every time and they're just like ignoring him. All these auctioneers are just like ignoring him. They're in on it. Well, actually, no, they're not. So right. I, I, sometimes I do that well. I've realised this every time I listen to an episode. You, you chime in with something, I'm like, well. And it's like you, you've cottoned on to something. But um, actually, in this case, they're not. No, they're not in on it. No. What's a um, fair shout, though? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they just don't like this guy, essentially. Also seems like a fair shout. Mm, yeah. Eventually, he gets a phone call from the police, and they're like asking for his help. Um, and so, what's really interesting is the police learned all about the forgeries from. Remember the guy Bill, the popular yeah. guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they learn all about forgeries from reading his book. Um, the book. The book. Yeah, the book mm-hmm. on chairs. Uh, but what was even more interesting was that Bill was one of the ones they arrested in. Oh. Yeah. So, like, they'd been, like, tapping his phone for more than a year. Um, he's been to jail. And the last thing I find out that he is that he was awaiting proper sentencing. But that was some point during the second half of this year. And I haven't been able to find out any more information. So, I'm guessing it's happened. But I couldn't find out any more information. Can I say at this point that in every possible way, far too much resources are being devoted to chairs? Yeah. Yes. Like... Just the making and buying of them, but you can, catching people yeah. who are making fake ones. Like, like I say, for me, the you know a, a, a million pound plus chair is nothing more than a fucking idiot tax. Yeah, like, yeah. But people like the idea that like a I queen hope you is got sat on it or whatever. You know, like queen's You're really not yeah. helping, man. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So this, so the guy Bill, he's finally like he's confessed. Um, Bill, likable Bill, likable Bill, popular, popular people are always pricks. I know, right? Um, so he's like he he claims that all the whole thing. He's actually not the only one who's arrested. Obviously, I'm guessing they arrested that furniture restorer like guy. Ring of yeah, there's chair six of them who are all involved. Different people. Like I think they move the chairs around amongst people so that. It, Musical chairs. <laughs> <don't survive. laughs> I can't get to it. Can't get to it. Can't form the joke from oh. my brain. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he 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 said it 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 began as something very philosophical at start, um, and basically, apparently, it was uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently it was just like a stupid joke the first time. I think so the point fucking was, French. Fuck I know, you. Right? I reckon they made the first chair and they were like, what? I just, I can imagine what you're going to say. Like, <laughs> as I like, well, well, people will not know if we... Yeah, like, let's see how good we are. Well, let's call it a fake parole accent. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do... Well, you I did. Mean, I, I, mine was like a half, not not fully confident. When French. you did the voila, very okay. pro. Yeah, but I could taste the fraud. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
But, uh, yeah, so, like, uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, what's happened is he's basically proud of himself and everyone still loves him. And Charles, our friend the detective, is skint. Oh. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. It's no justice in his world. <laughs> it really is so sad, isn't it? Yeah, so this guy that, like, everyone hated because he's a bit much... Um, but he did all that detective. Basically, the police said they used his work as a blueprint for their investigation because, like, he'd just done it all, basically. So, uh, yeah, and then that's basically to the present day. I'm Charles, get in touch. I'll yeah. be your oh, friend. Angry about I mean, we can't yeah. give him any money because we're probably even skinnier than he. I can give you friendship, and it sounds like you don't have any of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think true. you sound you fucking this, hilarious. You said it, but that's until you spent 20 minutes with him. That's and he's been true. talking your ear off about how to spot a fraudulent chair yeah. for the entirety of it. Yeah. I don't spend any of my time around chairs that even look vaguely nice. Yeah. So I it's fine. Like, this, this one, one is like a fraud. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the chair it thinks it's claims to be. It's not a chair. It's <laughs> <laughs> barely yeah, patches as a chair. Yeah. Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Most of our chairs. He was like, no, honestly, it's not. And they were like, well, you got to leave. And then it was because it had this guy's name attached to it, Bill G.B. Palo, um, who they reckoned knew his shit. Which he, they I mean, put he too much stock in Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Don't trust, don't trust Bill. I'm not a trust of Bill. No, you can't. So anyway, he's having a right now. Well, I, I don't know what he's doing because of Yeah, I like the French prison. is like coffee and like Yeah, I think he actually was. And... Like, he was saying like he, he got some people to pass some books through the bathroom that he wanted because um, they didn't have all the books that he wanted in the prison library. Um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah honestly, he seems like he's, he's fine. <laughs> fine. Um, poor Charles is in bits. Oh. Oh. Um, no justice. No damn justice. So that is the story of well, originally I'd called it Bill G B Palo, the French furniture fraudster, but obviously <laughs> I didn't want to say his name at the start because I wanted to tease yes. it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, well yeah. thought through. Right, here we are. Look, we're quite far into this now and I, I have a theory that we should maybe condense these podcasts down a little bit anyway. So yes. this will be a speed a lot run of this. through. A lot of this is stuff that will be cut out, though. See, like, at least I half thought. an hour is stuff. Well, it was supposed to be, but then I just don't, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I listened to an early one, and there's like a five-minute bit where it's basically silence, and we're all like, what are we... Um, <laughs> that was the one you what's, what's this? What's this bit? There's a bit Let me check saying? my notes, and it's literally like 12 <laughs> seconds of time, yeah. which when you listen to it is the longest oh, fucking time. Yeah. Oh. So, but we, you see a yeah, yeah which I actually, I actually do think that's yeah. a good thing. And I, some bits are intentionally left in because somewhere in that 12 seconds of silence, someone says one thing that's genuinely like, funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or like it's part of what you fact check then for the end. Yeah. 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 Right, so my story is the Marie Celeste. Mm. Which I guess like... Why from... do you sound like you want to eat it? This <laughs> 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 sound, it sounds like vaguely... Like Mary Rose sauce, is that a thing? That's yeah, it is. Prong That's the prong cocktail yeah. sauce. Yeah. Wait, does this have anything to do with the horror movie Go Ship? Because that's where, oh, where I'm heading now. Other than, like, I don't know, is the short answer. Cool. Presumably, at, at the very least, it's linked... In, in being similar. In name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So the Marie Celeste uh, was a small merchant brigantine, which is just like a just a fucking boat. Just a boat. Uh, it was about thirty-five meters long and it weighed approximately two hundred eighty tons, which is like I don't know, fucking loads, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It's like two hundred eighty elephants, isn't it? Uh, oh yeah, we talked about this before. Oh no, was that on one of the? Think so. Sorry, how pilots? many tons? Uh, yeah, it wasn't one of the pilots, yeah, because then I said a Mini Cooper is about a ton and that's about a small elephant. Oh, that's what you said. And then it was correct. And then it was correct, yeah. That's funny you remember that. Yeah, good one. Uh, so, yeah, it was fucking... It was pretty, like it was as small as boats go, but it was big as things generally go. Um, and it left New York for Italy on November 7th, 1872, captained by a guy called Benjamin Briggs. Uh, Briggs was a highly experienced sailor, uh, and he part owned the ship, which was like not Is that, that wasn't the done thing. It, it wasn't. You wouldn't. It, you wouldn't assume that a captain owned no. the ship or like owned any of it. But it wasn't like completely weird. Okay. Uh, but like he was pretty fortunate in that guy. Like he was an experienced sailor, and he would do these kind of things for ages. And he like part owned, but he didn't even. It wasn't a, like a huge chunk. He wasn't like half owner. Mm. Like he owned it with this company uh, that did. Uh, wine, I think. Oh. Um, I guess after a while, like, that's a career progression, isn't it? Yeah, captain. I guess so. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, say, you get shares. shares. Yeah. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. If you're seeking to expand your business and maintain its resilience, FM Global is your ideal property insurance partner. Backed by more than 180 years of engineering expertise and scientific research, we offer cutting-edge solutions to safeguard your business today, ensuring your prosperity tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so, so before the happenings that I'm about to talk about, um, the Marie Celeste had 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 some troubles uh, before that. So it was originally christened the Amazon. But after it um, had a number of kind of accidents, it had a collision uh, near England, which like pretty hard to do. I yeah, always think it's like all loads of ocean. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like you know, it's not like coming out of a junction. No, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know we're at, yeah, he was coming out of lights, and I just yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it crashed, um, it c- collided rather, um, and also the first captain when it was near the Amazon, like just suddenly died. 
which what? kind of weird, but for those days, not as weird as yeah, like, like now. people just had a heart attack and no one yeah. knew what happened. And they were just like, oh, fairies. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so like he just died. Uh, but then you know, it was it was an all shit. Um, uh, it was renamed to Marie Celeste. So Briggs was the captain, and on board was also his wife and his two-year-old daughter, um, as well as seven crew members. One of whom I've read was like the the ship's boy, so it would have been like a kind of thirteen, fourteen-year-old lad. Okay. The rest of them would have what been. What was his role? I, just like boy, fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like. Yeah. Like skivvy, just like okay. do the shit stuff, I guess. Can I just say, isn't it bad luck to have a woman on a ship? I mean, not for Ellen MacArthur, she <laughs> she sailed around the world or whatever, faster than anyone or yeah. something. Presumably, she yeah, was basically, she. and she was when she did star in the reason losing the Christ car on Top Gear, she was the best one. Push it, yeah, in her series. I hate Top Gear so much. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, good. Um, That's fine. But yeah, I think that is a thing, isn't it? Yeah, like I a, know, it's a, a thing that I learned from... Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe, I mean, you know, mm. not to give too much away, but you know, no. things didn't go great for them, so okay, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there were seven crew members aboard. Um, and their cargo was pure grain alcohol and fucking loads of it. Sorry. Mm. I'm going to try and... I'm making a conscious effort to not swear quite so oh, much. Oh, I feel bad now. Everyone just keeps saying... My mum did it as well. Mum oh, did like, she? You just swear so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. But that's <laughs> and, like... We were talking about verbal tics. That's just like a verbal tick. Yeah. Just and, like... Space filler. It, it is space filler, yeah. And my dad swears so much. Like my not the dad I was on about earlier, the the yeah. the, the, the angry drunkard. Um, <laughs> but like my, my my dad, he swears a lot. Uh, so I'm I'm allowed. I think yeah. I've swung even more than usual this episode. So just good. You've been doing picking well. up the slack. Mm, yeah. Um. So so yeah, it was carrying a shitload of alcohol. Um, seventeen hundred wooden barrels to be precise. Which like Whoa. even if they're small barrels, that's a lot that's of fucking like barrels. Seventeen hundred. Yeah, even yeah. If they're bottles. That's loads. Like even if they're like this size, I'm holding my hands about feet apart. <laughs> um, even though that size, it's still fucking loads. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, a lot what of shit. Kind of, does it say what kind of alcohol? Just like, just, just oh, like, hundred percent pure, just grain alcohol. Yeah. So just like okay. the the crude alcohol, as, yeah. the, as they call it. Because um, at the time, the US US was like, because was like just all fields and shit in it, particularly. Uh, yeah. um, so they were a huge, huge producer of grain alcohol. Mm. So much so that it became it was commercially viable for um, like cheap Italian winemakers, for instance, mm. to ship in grain alcohol pure from America all the way to Italy. And fortify their wines with their cheap alcohol. Whee! So that's how cheap it must have been. I mean, applying a little bit of um, context, it was so cheap because slaves. <laughs> yes. Yes, sure. Okay. Um, well, that ruins the excitement of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And much like a, a, a man of industry of that era, you were like, <laughs> yeah. this all seems great. This is fantastic. What, all these profits and no downside. <laughs> Just human agony. Um, so, yeah, so it was on its way to Italy. Um, and so that, yeah, so it would have been like a, about kind of three to four weeks-ish trip. Whoa. So like quite a, yeah, so if you imagine like... God, I wouldn't be up for that. Nah, on a boat. On a boat. Like a wooden oh. boat as well. I Maybe like a cruise liner. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they were at it. That's what I had to do to make a few yeah. quid in them days. Supposedly. I suppose you just put... I mean, I guess your brain would eventually get used to the the... 
choppiness of yeah. the sea. Yeah, probably would, wouldn't it? Um, I guess. There's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's why they're all drunks. Yeah, and literally. Yeah. Um, and you know the you know like you know grog. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Grog. So grog is just like watered down rum. Yeah. Uh, and the reason they did that is because um, it was it was a British thing. Um, oh, and is it? Yeah, and so the sailors were um, like, as we started to do much longer trips in, mm. in in boats, they were like, it's pretty difficult to keep water just like fine for like really long periods of time. Oh yeah. But if you mix water with rum. Like it still has water in it, oh, but the rum, the, the, but the, the water doesn't spoil. Yeah. So that's what they started giving out to um, things, and they also because they also used to give a rum ration to the sailors, but they would drink it like, oh, they'd just like drink it and be like, I'm going fucking rum, yeah. um, and then they'd run out and then they'd be like problems. Yeah. So what they started doing was they they used the same amount of rum, but they'd water it down. Mm. So it had that dual purpose of like it kept the water and it made them stay thingy, uh, hydrated mm. and not die, which I guess is helpful. Yeah. Um, and also that's such an yeah. interesting information yeah and if you were to actually look it up properly I'm sure it would be even more interesting when it wasn't told half-heartedly with some of the information missing yeah I um, looked it up while you were telling it and it was all correct at least woo that's great that real time fact checking yeah uh, that's the on future um, so yeah so uh, yeah they're on the way to fucking Italy um, and throughout the journey as is the case usually uh, Briggs was making captain's log entries so, like, oh, yeah. you know, like, fucking Star Trek. Yeah, like, I was just going to study. <laughs> Captain Swan. Um, so, and he was doing that, and then the last entry is from November 25th at 5am, at which point everything was... 5am? Oh, I suppose you get early. normal. Everything yeah. was, apparently. Um, so, we now go to December 5th, so less than a month after the Marie Celeste had set off, <laughs> and a British brig named the De Gracia, and I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I leaned in, uh, was about 400 miles east of the co- uh, off the coast of Portugal. Um, so near the... Well, actually, I don't know if it was 400 miles from my unclear notes. I don't know if it was 400 miles from the coast of Portugal or 400 miles... No, it can't have been from the Azores. No. 400 miles from the coast of Portugal, which is not far from where the Azores... I don't know if that's how you say it, but... You know those islands is. from the west? I think it is. It is. Yeah. I think so. Um, I also... I don't know if that's where Madeira is, but... Madeira, Spain, I think, isn't it? It's it's owned by Portugal. Oh, it's it? like that way. It's like, it's like right out of it. It's a cool place, Madeira. It's like it? one. It's like three miles by two miles. Like I mean, that's probably island? not exact. Yes, like really, really island, little island, yeah. really tiny island. Like mm. more off the coast of Africa than it is um, like continental oh, Europe. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good Spanish islands around that area. Yeah. Know, yeah. Well, Madeira is 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 actually yeah, it's really cool. I've been there a couple of times, um, and there's like there's only like one things like this big mountain you cable car up it um, and they have like wolves <gasps> yeah we saw wolves in the cable car. yeah yeah it up in like the mountain but, but yeah it's still yeah no yeah it's, it's a cool place though it's definitely cool um, I wish we had more I shit like that I think yeah uh, well we can't fucking have our comment because no, like we introduce like three wild boars and then one of them looks funny at an old lady <laughs> and we're like well <laughs> best fucking murder them all then <laughs> oh my god that is literally what happened as well yeah, and yeah, there's people still trying to make a case for like reintroducing like, wolves as well, and it's it like dug up my god, my petunias, my petunias. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So December fifth, um, a British brig named the De Gracia. I think I've said it different both times now. 
was like near the Portuguese Azores, uh, when crew members spotted a ship off in the distance. Now the captain, uh, a guy called David Morehouse, recognised the ship as they got closer, and he recognised it as the Mary Celeste. Now Morehouse happened to be pretty good friends with um, Benjamin Briggs, ah. who was the captain of the Mary Celeste, um, and he knew that they'd been sailing an almost identical journey, but the, the Mary Celeste was like a week ahead of them. Oh, so they should have shit. been in so he thought so they should have not really seen the Mary Celeste exactly time. Yeah, yeah yeah and certainly not like static and like just floating there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but also like the the length of the, the journey they should have been in Italy by now never mind like yeah. still in Portugal where they oh, were like, okay. they should have been there and he yeah. knew that kind of straight away so instantly there's this feeling of like well so much fucking gone wrong on it yeah. um, now what's like kind of funny obviously the Mary Celeste as you like because you've you all heard of it like mm-hmm. I didn't actually know what it was really until I looked yeah. at it, I just heard of the Mary Celeste the name, yeah. but it's like the most famous um, like mystery ghost ship yeah. kind of thing um, so through the years a lot of myths around it have kind of bled into the the almost like recognised version of events um, so you can even look at like quite reputable sources and they'll say things like uh, everything was untouched and there was like dinners halfway eaten on the table you know all these cliches and yeah. it's like it's pretty pretty much certain that's not the case okay that makes sense but these 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 kind of myths persisted for a long time um that it was like totally untouched and as though they'd literally just been kind of plucked from the ship and everything um untouched um and mostly the the most kind of pervasive of those myths are Attributable to um, Arthur Conan. Have you said Doyle? Doyle. Right, I thought yeah, said Doyle, Doyle, but Rick said Doyle, and I would what trust Rick to know. I, I wondered, <laughs> right? But I would trust Rick to He's know how you say that guy's Conan name. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so I question myself. Um, do you ever think, like, like so? I, my, like, my great grandma. Her last name was Doyle. Hmm. Do you ever think how weird it would be if, if, like, your surname didn't pass? through those generations in the way it did. Like, you know, like, if if it came from a different side... Like, there's only surnames if you go, like, a few generations back. That are different. So just like, yeah, I could have been a Doyle. And then everyone would be like, are oh, you Irish? And I'd, I'd be like, yeah. But I don't <laughs> think of myself as an Irish person, and I'm not. <laughs> so, yeah, most of the... the mo- some of the most pervasive myths surrounding the uh, disappearance of the crew of the Mary Celeste are pretty much directly attributable attributable to Arthur Conan Doyle Doyle just edit whichever one's correct it's Doyle <laughs> um, which um, so and he wrote like this short story which basically um, I suppose it's wrong to say that it posits a theory because I don't think it I don't think it poses as being the truth but mm-hmm. as was the case in those days like people read a story and they're like ah oh, I don't understand the concept of fiction I mean so they're just like the Daily Mail just yeah now. I suppose true but I mean yeah um, so, yeah, so, and it was about a vengeful ex-slave capturing a crew, which to me is like, I fucking wish that were the case. Like, yeah, that would be the coolest shit. shit. Yeah. Um, you got demonize slaves like you're not already fucking ruining their lives. I, but, yeah, take? yeah, I think that, yeah, I, yeah, because in his eye, like he probably was demonizing slaves. Yeah, but to us, I it's mean, like, to us, like, yeah, like, like, like champion those motherfuckers. Yeah. Um. So. So, despite all these kind of things about the, the, the you know, dinner being left half untouched, like, the, the ship was totally unmanned, um, but that was, like, the only true thing of it. There were quite obvious signs of, like, 
them getting off the ship at the very mm-hmm. least now there wasn't like um signs of like a struggle it wasn't yeah. like the place would be completely trash to suggest that like pirates had you know boarded the ship or anything mm-hmm. but a lifeboat was missing the the, the side of the um, boat had been lowered to allow the lifeboat off which suggests it wasn't even that panicked it wasn't like a just throw it over and jump in kind of thing it was like a do the you know the procedure yeah, right. um, and all that kind of thing however there were a few weird things so of the 1700 um, uh, no sorry that's wrong I'm not going to tell you that yet um, so what the, the the weirdest thing kind of uh, at first value is that the hatch doors from the cargo hold were just off, they've been taken off. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm just realizing you're wearing two hats. I don't know why that's really easy. Yeah, I, I don't know what I registered that a really long time yeah, ago, but too. didn't think it was weird. He's all of you who can't see, <laughs> he's wearing a cap oh. with a, a beanie over the top. Yeah, um, yeah. And, both in, green. And, in, and in six weeks' time, you all will be two, guys. Yeah, um, I like that you've at least colour coordinated. It's just because I, I, I I'll forget them if not one of them. Mm. Um, um, it's like two hats, one hat, and then no hat. But my hair is as frizzy enough to be a hat. Because like, over the course of the day, sometimes I get a bit agitated, and then I make it into just this like ball of. <laughs> frizz like you couldn't call it an afro because it's absolutely not but it's a, a white person I mean none of us would have even tried to call it an afro no, but I no. like that you addressed it that. it's like a Harry Potter reject character I think that's a lot of what my hair is half the time if only they'd all been reject characters <laughs> oh, let's not do this carry on okay. no we actually won't um, so yeah so the ship was totally manned um, and no, I think I've done this one before um, oh, it's absolutely fine. So yeah, the the ship was like a bit of a mess, and it had taken on some water. Um, in the in the hold, there was a lot of water, uh, which like at first kind of sounds a bit kind of you know like that that was the problem then. The mm, ship's got yeah, water. Like, well, in it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Problem addressed. Uh, like, gonna sink. Let's all Yeah, but um, you know those with some seafaring knowledge may well know. Um, that like particularly an old ship like that, mm. um, it wouldn't necessarily matter if it take on a bit of water. Yeah, and, like, I think a lot of them just like, have like a bit of water in the bottom, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And from what would become from from what they didn't know at that point when they first got on the ship, but it had been out like unmanned for probably a couple of weeks at this point. Mm. Um, so as I was, oh, that's what I was talking about. The hatches have been removed. Uh, yes. The hatches have been removed from the cargo hold. Um, and and put away, so like they hadn't been like just ripped off or anything. That they'd just been taken off and and put to the In side. Place, yeah. So that's weird. Um, the lifeboat was missing, as I say. And the final thing was that there was like a really thick rope attached to the back of the ship, um, which was obviously wasn't attached to anything else. Uh, oh, there was also a disassembled pump on deck. Um, so. To go back to, um, what's it called? David Morehouse? That sounds right. Yeah. If he wasn't, then I don't care particularly. <laughs> so Morehouse um, told some of his crew to, to go board it. Like, once he'd been aboard and checked it and come back and be like, no, come there. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, um, he told some of them to get back on it and sail it to Gibraltar, which, like, 
I would be like, fuck that. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'll just go get on the ghost ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah sweet. I'll no just... one there. We don't know why they left. Yeah. It's all fine. Really incredibly yeah. creepy, weird shit. No one on it. No no plausible explanation. But yeah, no, sweet. I'll just go jump on and sail it to Gibraltar. Cool. So mm-hmm. people eventually did. Um, after what I guess was an extensive amount of rock, paper, scissors and mm. um, flipping coins. So they sailed it to Gibraltar. And once it was there... Like, even, even back in these days, they were just like, people were just so fucking, such vultures. Like, they brought it back to Gibraltar so that insurance people could check it and be like, um, okay, so everything's kind of aboard, fine, like nothing's been stolen from it, and, like, we'll start paying out if nothing's weird about it. Okay. So that's why they, basically why they took it to, to Gibraltar. Uh, that makes sense. So, among other kind of pretty inconse- inconsequential discoveries, they found one thing that was, that was really weird. So, of 1,700 bottles or uh, barrels of alcohol, um, nine were totally empty. Mm. Just nine of them were just completely empty. Um, they were totally undamaged, and they hadn't been opened, ostensibly, but they were they were just completely empty. Weird. Yeah. So, that's, so at this point now, the ship is back in the thing. Everyone's just like, well, this is fucking weird. Where have they all gone? Mm. Um, and now, to, it's probably important to note now that I'm not going to be like... And this is what happened, guys. So you don't get that, like, you know, nice warm feeling. I really did um, want that, but I did one of them. You did, yards, yeah, and it really yeah. fucked me off, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to this day, nobody, like, truly knows what happened. Um, but, aside from the usual kind of aliens done it type mm. shtick, um, there are some pretty strong theories. Um, and the empty barrels are, like, probably the biggest clue that, mm. that exists, like, from the time. So, um, now the em- the only barrels that were empty were made of red oak. Now, right. any coopers in the uh, in the audience? Um, so coopers in barrel maker. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> this is what we're going to get to with last names. Um, how like loads of it, mostly English last names. Um, well, presumably other last names may be working that way. I don't know if we're more prone to it because. You mean like- like Cooper, they mean a they mean a profession. Yeah, yeah, like loads of them do. Like even the ones that you didn't know did. Yeah. Uh, like a good one is Fletcher. Oh yeah. Fletcher oh. makes arrows and shit. Yeah. Oh my god, I actually didn't know that. Like Flint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's like it's actually a surprising amount of them. Like mm. you you go for it and it's like even ones that you, like Mercer for instance. Yeah. Like is somebody who used to sell posh cloth. Oh, um, Winter yeah. apparently is one, but it it's sometimes it's sometimes, I think it's like a variation of vintner, which is a wine merch. Ah, yeah, I was gonna say vint, yeah, yeah, and yeah. um, that oh. makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as any experienced cooper will tell you, mm. red oak is porous. Ah. Now white oak, which is what all of the other barrels were made made mm. from, is not porous. So. They used red and white barrels commonly, but but red oak barrels were used for dry goods because they were still perfectly fine yeah. storage, but they didn't. They but, were right for alcohol. Exactly. So mistakenly, someone had used uh, seven, no, nine, nine barrels of red oak. Mm. So what would have happened, it's theorised, is that imagine you've got this huge mass of barrels mm-hmm. and somewhere in there, there are nine that, that completely leak. Yeah. But you can't, you know, you can't go into the ship's hold and, like, root around and find the ones that have laid. Because, well, for a start, you wouldn't know it was just some. Yeah. You, you would have no reason to assume that. Yeah. Um, and for, for two, it would all just be packed into this hold. Mm. So, 
those nine barrels of pure alcohol leaked. The smell was extremely strong. Yeah. So it's thought that the sailors thought there'd been like a big leak, which was just all of it, because they wouldn't yeah. know that, that some of it had, some of it hadn't. So they were scared that there would that that would create some kind of explosion, like the, the highly flammable oh, yeah. alcohol fumes. Okay. So they got off the boat. So that's one theory. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Theory being I thought you were going to say they they breathed in all the alcohol vapor and got, got off the tips. Fucked, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, funny enough, one of the theories, which like the, one of the funny things about this is like it it lays bare that that I think that I think we all kind of intuitively understand that like people will just ignore the facts of a story. If yeah. they've got a theory that they want to yes. suit it, um, mm. and like especially if it's a kind of objectively cool theory, mm. like yeah. aliens, yes, or like um, mutiny. So like yeah. mutiny is a big one. Mutiny people people were like, I bet all the sailors just got pissed and killed them. And it's like, yeah. I mean, that's possible, yeah, but, but like, nothing why? about what happened yeah. suggests yeah. that that happened. <laughs> so like, not so much a theory as a fantasy at that yeah. point. Um, so that was one. Uh, murderous ex-slave was never really posited as like a theory, serious yeah. theory, but it's my personal favourite. Um, so that was one theory, not really a theory. One was mutiny, as I say, which like, like cool, yes, absolutely, it's a cool theory. It's cool to think that these sailors were all like, mm. let's get wrecked, and then just put out a fucking tech over. But then, like, what did they do then? They got in a lifeboat and just kind of... Went off to sea, off. like yeah. alone, the with no real person. hope of rescue. And if they were <laughs> rescued, then they would all go to prison. Like, yeah. makes no sense. But people clung to that for a long time afterwards. Conspiracy was like the first kind of thing that people at the time thought of. So they thought that, mainly because that the ship's captain who found the Mary Celeste was such good friends with the captain of the Mary Celeste, mm. that people like, they've obviously just cooked something up between them try and claim the insurance money from oh, the board. That's yeah. actually not a bad theory. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's not. I think, like, it was quickly kind of disproved. Okay. One, because of, like, the money that kind of went back and how it was divvied up between all the owners of the boat and, like, yeah, how like, he would get, like, not enough to warrant having to change your entire life yeah. and, like, going to hiding and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just not really, like, feasible. Um uh, one of the cool ones, which I didn't do really much researching, but it sounds good, is a sea quake. Ooh. Yeah, you've got to say it like that. Sea quake. Um, so again, cool. Yes, obviously. But doesn't make sense again, because the guy who like who was like, maybe it was a sea quake, he was like, yeah, we know that sea quakes happen. And what probably happened was that it damaged the boat loads, so they thought it was going to sink, so they had to get off, which would be fine had the boat been damaged. Yeah, it wasn't. it's like perfect. So, perfect not a sequel yeah. then, even by your own. Hello! That was really intensely creepy. Yep. <laughs> Hello! Hello, someone new. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Cool. We can lock up. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> cool. Creeped me the fuck out. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm 155. Oh, God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, so, the, yeah, the, the final thing was Sea Quake. Um, and, like, yeah, again, cool. Makes no sense because the ship wasn't damaged. Mm. So, yeah. why would they have fucked off if, if there was just a sea quake? And you're like, but everything's fine. Um, 
So the theory that like people have pretty much settled on is this barrel thing. But even then, it's like so they just smelt some alcohol and what just like ran like these like experienced kind of sea hardened sailors. So then in two thousand and six, Anne McGregor, a journalist from the US, started to do some more research and wanted to mm. wanted to kind of once for all settle it. So what what she the conclusion she's come to is not you know it's not accepted as the absolute truth but it seems like the best anyone's come up with so far and it's kind of a combination of a number of things so she she did a lot of digging and research and she found out that the the, the last trip that Marie Celeste took uh, it was hauling coal right. um, which is obviously a lot of like dust and dirt and shit that comes mm. off that kind of cargo so the the ship had been um, like kind of cleaned between yeah. things but um, there's a theory that the coal residue and dust and stuff had clogged up the filters in the pumps. Um, uh, so that's kind of like step one. So that that means that they're already kind of not working at full operation. Mm. And that would explain the disassembled pump. Yes. Um, so the next part of it is that the she worked out that based on where the ship was found, based on records of what the wind and the tides were doing around those times that were available and that would have been kind of noted down for some reason. Um, the ship was actually not where the captain had thought it was or where he thought he, 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 he should be. Yes. It was actually quite a, like a couple of hundred miles away from where he thought it would be. So they would have been kind of panicking about that. So they'd been mm. like, where, like, where the fuck are we? And he changed course away from his um, where he was supposed to be going the day before the last entry into his ship log. Wow. Um, so what she's taken from that is that they were kind of concerned that things were not going well they'd started to come into bad weather in the last in the kind of few days before the last ship's log um, and they were kind of disorientated and, and worried but they'd spotted land crucially mm. they'd seen land they knew they were relatively near land so what's assumed is that take all that um, they they had faulted chronometer, which is like I guess some kind of navigational tool, mm. um, which contributes to being in the wrong place. So take all that and then factor in this barrel thing. So right, they're now at sea. They're already thinking like this is going pretty badly. Mm. We're lost a bit. Mm. Um, we stuffs are broken. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then something happens. They start to smell alcohol, and they're like, "Fucking hell, it's an explosion," which is why the hatches are off. Because in an attempt to try and vent out mm. the alcohol fumes, they took all the hatches off of the cargo thing so that air could flow through it freely. Mm. But alcohol fumes are denser than air. So they wouldn't have risen. They would have just sat in the bottom. So it wouldn't have actually really done anything. Yeah. But that, the fact that the cargo hold, the ship is all open and everything's been taken off to try and vent out is why so much water's in there. Yes. Because in the week or so that it's been drifting alone... There's just been shit getting yeah, in the water like and stuff. Yeah, splashes and weather and yeah. all that shit, yeah. So, it's theorised that it could possibly, there could have even been a very kind of, um, like, almost like a, uh, a kind of superficial, like, explosion. So, it would have looked like quite a dramatic explosion, um, but have done very little actual damage. Right. Um, and to test this theory, um, in 2006, Dr. Andrea Seller a chemist at University College London conducted an experiment to recreate conditions that he believed may have prompted Briggs to evacuate the uh, Marie Celeste. So what he did was he filled a compartment with like cubes of paper and butane gas, mm-hmm. um, and then and then he like sparked it. Um, and what happened was a sudden flash of flame 
that was visually extremely dramatic as a, mm. as a as a presenting as an explosion, but was cool enough and, and quick enough that the paper that he put in this test area wasn't even scorched. Mm. The paper didn't look like it had been near fire at all. Yeah, just like all combusted on the gas. Yeah. Yeah, so it just kind of went <laughs> and looked oh. fucking crazy, but didn't really do anything. Yeah. So the theory is that such a, a kind of a, a flash happened on the Marie Celeste in the cargo compartment, which frightened the crew into thinking that that was just, you know, there was going to be a huge yeah. thing. Yeah. So then coupled with that, I'm thinking, crucially, we're near land anyway. Yeah. They were like, right, get the lifeboat off. Don't take your shit because it might not, like, it might not explode. So just yeah. get off quickly. Um, and the, that's why the rope was attached to the back of the boat. To attach the lifeboat to, uh, so they could just kind of tug along behind it because the yeah. sails were still up and the yeah. thing was still. But the theory is that somehow either it was cut or it just became disattached somehow. Yeah. The lifeboat was um, lost the rope, and because the sails were still up in the ship and the weather was quite <gasps> strong, it just sailed off. The ship just sailed off behind them. Um, and they also worked out that if there were, even if there were like four strong men rowing this boat, it couldn't have kept up with the galleon. So now imagine that, like imagine you're yeah, middle of the Atlantic, yeah. you've just disembarked your ship to be like, um, it, we think it's, you know, it might explode, so like just, just you know, for safety, let's get let's on the go. lifeboat, yeah. then you get on the lifeboat, and some dickhead's like, oh shit, I forgot to I tie the rope, didn't tie, I thought he was doing that. Um, oh, no. And so then they've just got to watch as it just kind of drifts away like a bit faster than that. So that's the that's the most. That is an excellent thing. That's a really yeah. I think it's cracked. I think that's seems solved, it, doesn't it? Like I say, I would love to think murderous ex-slave. Mm. Um, you are really gung ho on that real, idea. Like I just think I fucking that's such a great idea. Yeah. Like you know, like a Django of the Seas type thing. Oh, that could be the. What? It could be like Django too. The follower. Mm. Yeah, what yeah. Like, yeah, like a good movie name as well, yeah. Django of the Seas. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's the, the tale of the Marie Celeste, which is one of history's most enduring mysteries. Solved? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Excellent. That was good, that. Yeah, I really that. liked it. I, I, was, I, was, I felt like I was watching it like a film almost. Like, I was good. really, really into that. Are we good? If you guys yeah. got all your correct friends? Yeah. They yeah. ordered it at Adele Letters. Is uh, an order of France that recognises significant contributions to the art and literature, which is obvious actually if you consider any of those words both in- individually and together. I, I thought the it said horse in it. I did not. Where was the thing that? about Cheval? Uh, there is another word in the Ch- end, but I don't, yeah. Um, I think I was right then when I said I think it's like a French cultural yeah, knighthood. Basically. Yeah. Uh, soft bit of the chair, closest I could get was upholstery, but that also includes the springs and yeah, the wedding. No, the wedding, fair. sorry. So, wedding. Yeah, when you were saying it, I was like upholstery, but then I was like, does that also include some hard bits? <laughs> Which it does, yeah. but it's the closest we are getting. Yeah. Uh, John, what was his name? John Legger. Zamo, something oh, yeah. like that. Like Is that Zamo. how you pronounce it? Like yeah. uh, the American actor, among many other things, has starred in movies such as Romeo and Juliet, Moulin yes. Rouge, uh, John Wick, and my personal favourites, the Ice Age films as Sid the Sloth <gasps> and Super Mario Brothers as Luigi. Exactly! Uh, He's Luigi. famous! <laughs> what an icon! He is famous, a living like, can... legend. You know when, you, when someone like... <laughs> 
He does this said this he has actually this really good Netflix special that's like this Broadway show that he did. Um, I think it's called something like Latin History for Morons or something. Oh, I've seen that recently. Yeah, actually. honestly, watch it. It's really good. Um, and he, um, but he does the Sid the Sloth voice when he does an impression of his son, and it's really cute. Oh, he's yeah, also Toulouse from Moulin Rouge, aka the sitar that only speaks the truth. Oh, the yeah. magical sitar. Like, could this guy be any more iconic? Them. I know, right? And also, it's like, who is he? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, also, he's a chef. He's the sous chef and chef. Um, uh, yeah. What else really have we got here? Wormholes means literal wormholes. I assume that if you try to sell a fake piece of furniture, you would try to recreate them for ageing, but clearly they are not indistinguishable from actual wormholes. So like wood worm holes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. yeah like okay. an apple. Yes. yes. Uh, Louis XV was correct. You can, mm-hmm. in fact, read Roman numerals. Yes. Good job. Uh, sailors once considered women on ships bad luck because captains believed that their presence would anger the sea gods who would cause rough waves and violent weather. An alternate explanation might just have been that like they would have distracted the sailors. Well that's it, like shit. everyone they would have all been fighting over like banging the women. Yeah. And then, Not like... if you got enough women. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or like if all the sailors are gay. Yeah, which, which Actually, they are. Yeah, they are. And also, like, if you weren't already gay, just be a bit more open minded. Like, you're on a ship for, like, you know, yeah. weeks or months. Yeah, yeah. it's like being Think at, like. Think of it as a holiday from yeah. your sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being at, like, an all girls school. Yeah. Like, even if you're not gay, you, like, you, are, you just are. You, you can have just to be gay be. for a bit. Like, it's, yeah. It's fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Madeira, an autonomous region of Portugal, is a group of four islands off the northwest coast of Africa. Yeah. Also learned, Madeira cake does not come from Madeira. No. What? It, is it not? No, it's just made of Madeira wine, which is a Portuguese oh. wine that was popular in England in the 1800s. Oh. So there's some extra trivia for you, above and beyond. A marine chronometer is a timepiece that is precise and accurate enough to be used as a portable time standard. It can therefore be used to determine longitude by means of celestial navigation. Basically, it's a very that accurate watch. Oh, nice. Celestial cool. navigation, I love the idea of that. Yeah. And one for me, the 2000 film Ghost Ship was not about the Mary Celeste. It was about the Italian ocean liner, the Atonia Graza, which was believed to be lost at sea, the Wikipedia notes, similarly to the Mary Celeste. Nice. So I'm giving myself oh, a circle, guys. Yes, that's all of them. Okay, cool. Well, it is... 25 past 9 on a Friday night, so please give us some money. We have a Patreon. Find us on our social media <laughs> where we really overtake all the Here's Crazy Story itself as a podcast. It's on Instagram. Here's Crazy Story is on Instagram. We need more followers, really. We put the pictures from the episode every week on the Instagram. You can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a real treat, I think. Yeah. Uh, we've yeah. got a good person doing it, Annika, and she's a real lovely. Yeah, thanks, Annika. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah, so that side, have a great... Day, night, weekend, week. (laughs) Podcast over. (laughs) Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.